Ah, so we are here with El Hornet. El. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Ah, we covered what did we cover? Um, first stuff we talked about was just talk about a bit of Perth stuff, a bit of music stuff, yeah. a bit of Raven, a bit of uh, Twitching. Yeah, the a story of, from a bit of live streaming, a bit of the story from <laughs> from yeah. not affording. Uh, a a cheeseburger, cheeseburger to, to uh, meet Snoop Dogg, and we'll leave that story for you guys to listen. Yeah, so, sick. guys, enjoy this one, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Let's get hard. Let's get hard. Welcome to Hard Yarns Podcast. I am fucking fat. <laughs> <laughs> Anything Chris White says, please <laughs> disregard it. 5D is actually a state of being, it's a unity consciousness. That was Hard Yarns with me, Frankie Rose. So, I'm going to throw it over to your co host, Daniel Jelby, and Cameron Branch. I would do this. And then I'd gong. <laughs> Free in attendance for the millions listening at home. <laughs> Let's get hard. How are you feeling? How's the, how's the day going? Casual. Casual. Christmas shopping and uh, both my kids' birthday shopping's in one hit. Done. Ooh. Mate, so you're lucky because you've done it on a like a weekday. Done. It's not school holidays yet, no. so it's not too hectic. I'm old. I'm smart. You don't <laughs> don't put yourself through the the, the rigmarole of going to Kmart on a Saturday morning on the twentieth of December. Pretty good for yeah. for a man. Yeah, mate. <laughs> like, that's, that's exactly what, that's normally what he's just described. My normal uh, yeah. tradition is twentieth yeah. of December, twenty fourth of December. Mate, <laughs> well, we we should do a, a great business idea. We'd just call it Single Dad Shop, and it opens <laughs> once a year, once a year. <laughs> Christmas Eve. Yeah, and then everyone knows. Fuck yeah! I'll just go there. It's got everything just for that one day. See, I go less like with the, um, I go less with toys and right. shit like that. And I try to get my daughter and my, my nephews. Um, I try and get them like t- things they're going to play with and do, like not like just toys. like not yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. me too. But like it's like a surfboard, for example. I yeah. either get Scotty a surfboard or a cricket bat. Or, or well, I look fucking, forward to seeing yeah. your uh, Facebook Marketplace. Sale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with that because I tried to buy my kids skateboards and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. You know, things stuff. they'll use, things yeah. that I'm into. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so when they don't use it, you've got a new skateboard. Well, I gave him his first skateboard, but it was actually one of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was so stoked, and I was like, "Yeah, I kind of like that board." I don't yeah. like it. And I thought, "Wait, he's my kid, so it's still mine." I, yeah. I genuinely, yeah. um, I bought my niece's uh, ring toss the other day just because oh, yeah. I wanted to play ring toss with me brother-in-law yeah. on the beers. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Just play that all day. Can we call it ring toss or coits? I always call Co- it coits. Yeah, oh, coits, coits, whatever. It said ring toss, but that might be a branding. I think they, so they don't get their trademark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the coits. Coits. Yeah, Russell coits. Russell coits? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. I, I don't have to buy for my children, so. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> Wait till you have them and you will. Oh. Yeah, eventually. Well, my children will be my gift. Well, this is what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that. Me and Dewey were thinking about drop shipping and like targeting. Yeah. You target the, the mums. So the mums, okay. they buy for the, the husbands right. or the partners. I was targeting mums on the dating scene. I don't know. I don't know what you're they about. buy for themselves and they buy for their kids. So you're getting like the triple, yeah. get the triple threat if you target. I like the idea of drop shipping. I just think that it's an unrealistic idea with the state of Australian economy and sending mm-hmm. things post or at the moment. It's just insane. Like I've stopped buying. Mm. I buy a lot of vinyl records, and yeah. if they're not in Perth, I'm not buying them because mm. they either turn up warped or snapped, or they take yeah. two months to or arrive, on, or in the bin where I, Mac I Shane puts them. The, <laughs> that's my exact. Story. So Mac Shane's mum did a story about Mac Shane. He was like, "Can I have your vinyls to put up on the wall? Yeah, the covers. Like, yeah, yeah. the covers and like <laughs> awesome ones. Yeah." 
put them up all around his room. Mm-hmm. And she's like, where's the vinyls? He's like, I threw them out. Chucked out the so, records. Oh, like months later, she's like, hang on, what, what happened to the actual records are used? <laughs> Ditched us. Oh, like, no. Orig- original press, Doors, Led Zeppelin. That's, yeah. But that's my biggest concern about buying records online. I've been trying to yeah. find block parties weekend in the city Have somewhere you- and I can't – Find it in person, like in a, in a store. Have right, you been? Paul's to, got it. I'll give a. Oh, I don't know. oh yeah, your collection's <laughs> fucking huge. I think um, there's a new record store that opened up in West Perth called uh, Good Vibrations. Yeah, Ooh. and uh, he's got some great stuff. His name's Gavin, and uh, I do some DJ tuition, and he was one of my students. And then oh, he's nice. like, he wanted to learn how to mix on vinyl, and I was like, yes, that's my people. Yeah, and he said, oh yeah, I'm opening a record store as well. I was like, what the fuck? So I went down there and bought a bunch of stuff, and I reckon he might have it. Yeah, or, okay. I'll, or, you yeah. know, send him a message. So what is yeah. – I'm completely removed from the whole scene. What's the uh, the desire or, or the the big – it's it's come back in vogue again. And yeah. And saying because the sound's better or – No, it's just um, – What is it? Just It's an experience, it, hey? It, like It's, it's uh, expensive. It's inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I like the whole idea of the fact that you can't just put it on and leave it. and You, you sort of actually have to get up and it's part of the – like you, you change the sides, you get two or three songs, you have to turn it over. It's, it's like part of a listening process for me anyway. I think I, I think also owning something physically for me is the desire. Yeah. Like yeah. I come from a pre-streaming, pre-internet era where yeah. if you didn't own the record or one of your mates didn't own it, you had to kind of wait to hear it. Yeah. And now we don't have to wait for anything, which is fucking great. I love that. Yeah. We just, you know, I pull my phone out and any song I can think of, yeah. 95% of them are there. Yeah. But owning the actual physical product, like – I don't know. I like my house. I like my house to look cool. A wall of records looks sick. I yep. can tell you where I bought every single one. It's got a story behind it. They will have a story. And it's also, I feel like I'm, you know, it's no secret how little artists get paid from streaming services. Yeah. I think it works out. I saw out. the other day, yeah. 0.0008. Well, yeah, it's not, it's not even a cent. And um, it's, more, it's more like, I think per a million streams, you might get 10 grand or something. Yeah, right. Dark. And I mean, that's whatever. It's like... Can you set it up so you just get your mates to play your song like 50,000 times you on You can, but it just doesn't matter. Like, uh, so... Yeah, my um, Spotify thing yeah. would come out. <laughs> I randomly looked up how many streams you had to have to have a platinum certified album yeah. nowadays. And uh, when Pendulum released our three LPs, all three of them went platinum in the UK. Yeah. That was 300,000 sales, which is, you know, for three knobheads from Perth that's fucking remarkable <laughs> yeah so we got certified everything was great and I was like well the last one was in 2010 how does it work now now that Inflation. it's streaming so I had a look and I was like how many albums uh, do you have to have streamed to get platinum 1.5 billion billion what? 1.5 billion man. album streams Wow. Album streams. Album streams. <laughs> so who the fuck listens to an album now? No yeah, one. No, no you one. just listen to the individual song, right? Yeah. And, or playlists. Yeah. And, and if you yeah. think about that statement, Spotify has led you down that path and they have destroyed the album. Yeah. So people are still putting out albums and I'm like, why are you bothering? So yeah. the last Pendulum release we just did uh, was an EP of four songs that came out one at a time. Mm-hmm. So Everyone's like, where's your album? I was like, fuck the album. You're not going to listen to track six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. have four songs one at a time. And eventually once they were all out, then we went, EP's released. Yeah. Because, yeah, the, the way that that has changed is quite drastic. Um, there's still a lot of people, and, and like you said, a resurgence of people who want physical product. Mm. So we released a 12-inch of that EP, although it's a little bit Catch-22 because uh, – because vinyls got cool, now they're pressing up 50,000 copies of a fucking Adele record or something. Yeah. yeah. And every, every poxy, like, cheesy band that you've 
that you loathe is like, we're doing a vinyl release. Yeah. So all the pressing plants are all backed up. So it takes nine months now to, to actually get something pressed. Oh, oh, okay. so, so it's like a Balga baby. <laughs> <laughs> press a few of those yeah. out. Um, so yeah, if, if I, I've got two songs I made this year that I wanted to release and yep. the label said like solo stuff, not pendulum stuff. Yep. And they said, uh, we're looking second quarter, uh, third quarter of next year wow. to get it back. From the, from the presses and I was like don't worry about it fuck so so yeah, and it's sustainable for the environment <laughs> well we so <laughs> even more annoyingly yeah they've started to run out of the plastic that you use wow. and they've run out of the cardboard that you use for the sleeves really so fuck. so the, the world gets fucked if you press vinyl yeah. and the artists get fucked if you stream it on Spotify so yeah bend over and cough if you're in the music industry that's it. fuck that's fine. You could just always melt down some Kardashian spare parts and print a few on them. I saw a meme of them the other day where someone had replaced their voices with Aussie chicks. Oh, that'd be oh, fucking god! It's like they, they replaced the, the two. I don't know their fucking names. The one with the yeah, bum. They're okay. The one with the bum and the one with all the kids, and they were yeah. like. Oi, oi, does she know what you've done? And I was like, they need to talk like that forever. That'd be fucking gold. I so seen, uh, as I think, a story. Maybe that you put up uh, maybe a few months ago That'd about be Cash and Kim. Yeah, about uh, putting CDs in and using CDs and having your CD. Oh, the old CD wallets. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, just praying that they're not scratched. Yeah, mm. I I like I still buy CDs every now and then um, from like Cashies or second handies or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe how much we had to pay for them. Like back in the day when you'd stroll into Sanity and be like, yeah. 32 bucks for a CD. Yeah. yeah. And now, was- now they're like $9 and no one wants them at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. What, what was your first CD? I was about CD? to say, what was your first ever CD? I, I can remember my first album. I can remember my first single. first single. The actual yeah. first compact disc I bought was the Yotha Yindi album. Really? Yeah. Is that my my treaty? parents uh, it had treaty on yeah. it. Yeah. My parents had a uh, Marantz hi fi system and we bought the CD player, which I think was a thousand bucks. Wow. And went down to Trax CD store Trax. in Inaloo yeah. Shopping Centre and yeah. bought the Yotha Yindi record and uh, LA Woman by the Doors. <laughs> so the Yotha Yindi one got a cane. Actually, yeah. I did a mix for uh, BBC Radio One yeah. earlier this year that just featured Australian musicians and I put Sick. treaty in that mix. Really? Sick. Yeah. Big tune. Sick. Cool. Mine was pretty fly. For a white guy, like Offspring, what, first the, ever single, single, and then the, al- the single first album. One I bought uh, album. I don't know if I ever. I don't actually know if I ever bought an album. What? Yeah, my mum used to bring back some from Bali. Silverchair oh, yeah. Frog Stomp was my first <laughs> album. I didn't even like the music. I just knew it was cool. I'm like, go get me Silverchair. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, my dad bought me my first present ever, mm. and it was. Uh, only because I bugged the fuck out of him. Like, I don't have to have it. It's the coolest song. So <laughs> CD singles were awesome. Yeah. Two bucks or three bucks. Yeah. yeah. Mine was nine ninety nine. Yeah. Fuck. And up. I was scared to ask dad because it seemed Ten expensive. Bucks. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm thinking of cast singles, which were cassette singles. The oh, same CD. So I'm that, I'm that fucking old. Jesus. That, wow. That you'd go down to the, the the record store and buy like Ace of Bass for yeah. two bucks ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> on, on a one a one song cassette. Um, wow. Mine was, uh, I'm embarrassed because I didn't get my heavy metal love until probably later in high school, yeah. but I had Angel, Shaggy. <laughs> Go, you're, you're my, my angel. angel. <laughs> and my, uh, my first album was, and I'm sort of embarrassed about this one, is Creed, Human Clay. <laughs> Creed. I don't like human. Do you know what? Creed actually, <laughs> side note from some of their uh, their you know, tacky singles, actually had some good sort of almost heavy metal. It's probably where I actually started. Yeah. Well, they, 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 they played they were, here. 
Did they? And uh, I'm sure it was it was either Creed or who's the Nickelback. other- Nickelback. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who's the other Creed? Who's the other Creed? <laughs> Is it Scott Stapp or Chad Kroger? <laughs> um, <laughs> Which one? <laughs> so it was either Creed or Nickelback yeah. who were in Perth. Yeah. And we were doing a Pendulum DJ gig at Metro's in the city. Yeah. And, and they came- Fuck off. To your and, gig. Yeah, and asked if they could hang out backstage. And our tour manager said, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> So I never got to meet. I think oh. it was Chad Kroger. Was I would have done it Kroger, just for the yeah. story. I've, Nickelback are my guilty pleasure, man. I don't give a fuck. They cop a lot of shit. Look, I, I didn't mind how you remind me as their little first mm. one. Again, I was probably still in that stereotypical like pop genre and it was like a hard, harder, yeah. heavier version of pop. But, have you um, seen those Creed Shreds videos where someone did a parody of Creed live videos on YouTube? No. no. All you have to put into YouTube is Creed Shreds. Yeah. That's your afternoon sorted. Fuck. So someone's like replaced the audio with, you know, parody. Yeah. yeah. That's all I'll say. Go oh, have a look. Okay. Because uh, I think it's, is it Daniel Tremotti, I think, is his, is the guitarist's name. And he's a fucking elite guitarist. And he actually started a band with the, the rest of the band. And they got um, old mate, uh, I want to say, who's the guy who did the album with Slash? No The idea. singer? Don't know. Um, um, fucking epic. Is it Velvet Revolver, the band you're talking about? Mate, no, 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 no. Um, oh, anyway. It's gonna, yeah, but... Epic band, like their band was sick, right. like really good. Actually, their, their song was the, uh, you know, Edge, uh, the yeah, WWE wrestler, the, yeah. his theme. Uh, yeah. <laughs> On this day. <laughs> What's the song um, that was like, oh, bless your hands. Who was oh, that? That was Reef. Yeah. Reef. Reef, yeah. That was Reef. the other single that mum bought me from Bali. Put oh, your hands okay. up. Yeah. Okay. Put your hands up. That was, a, hands hands out. Out. That was yeah. a tune. That was a banger. That was yeah. a Triple J Hottest 100 tune. Definitely. Really? Yeah. 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 The New Radicals was another one of my singles. You only get what you give. Yeah. You no, only don't. get what you give. Don't let go. Oh. Uh, you got the music in <laughs> you. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. 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 No one you, dance left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was, that's like a uh, bad movies closing song. Yes. Credit like closing time. Yeah. Like every nightclub's closing Closing song. Closing yeah. time. Yeah. But you're right. It's like the bad end credits. Yeah. Just R- rom-com like, finisher. Collecting. We could do a TV show. Like instead of Antiques Roadshow, you've just got Casingles Roadshow and all the vinyl that you yeah. go around collecting. <laughs> I don't buy that much story. anymore. I just, I think I've reached a point where I was like, I'd look at records and go, I've probably already got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or mm-hmm. um, oversaturation. Or just thought, how many records do you have that you haven't even taken out of the shrink wrap yet? And mm. I know there's there's loads. And I find CDs that I'm like, fuck, when did I buy this? I've never even opened it. Yeah. Mm. I used to go to Japan a lot and I'd always have to buy another suitcase because record shopping in Japan is just so hectic and really? so good. You'd find like early to mid 90s punk records that had never been opened. And it's just or, been or released they, there. No, no, if they've, <laughs> if they've been opened, they, they literally put on a pair of white gloves. Wow. And they're so precious about their possessions. They take such good care of it that I was buying like Mill and Colin and No Effects and No Use for a Name records that looked brand new. Yeah. That were original press from 94. And I'm like, some Japanese dude is like, you know, held this with kid gloves. So yeah. I would just go mental in there. And I remember walking into uh, a record shop called Disc Union five stories high and I went to the punk section and it was like a California punk selection of all those bands like Operation Ivy and Rancid and yeah I bought the whole fucking section <laughs> grabbed it walked and like That's 60 sick. records at least just walked it to the counter and put it there and they just looked at me and I was like back <laughs> it up yeah, that's me sorted really good um, yeah it's just good memories doing stuff like that because that's usually my first point of call if I go somewhere is like record store coffee shop 
barbecue place. Yeah. Like, I just got, you know, not that I What did you find? Like, I've heard nothing but good things about Japan. It's meant to be a complete different... I I know a couple of people that lived there and they talk differently about it. Um, And I think culturally, uh, it's, you know, it's quite a hard one to get your head around. Yeah. I walk into some of the stores that sell manga and anime and stuff and I'm just like, I haven't got a fucking clue what's going on. And I've tried to, I've tried to learn. And so it's, um, it's, it's such a remarkable place and I love it so much, but it's quite interesting how super young cats now, like kids in their teens and early twenties are so um, knowledgeable on Japanese culture and anime. Oh man, manga and anime is massive resurgence. And it's, it's crazy Mm. to me because I'm like, how the fuck did you learn about all this? Because (laughs) one, you don't, you can't, can't read kanji. You can't speak <laughs> Japanese. Yeah. Yeah, they know they know all these characters, and I'm like, man, this is mental. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of into that uh, first round of anime, like the Pokemon. Well, yeah. no. There's a there was a manga called Initial D, which was based about a car, and I, I wrote Fine. a song about. Sounds it like the start of foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just young kids are just mad into that. What's it about? Like, a car. Yeah, it's about a uh, 1986 Toyota um, Apex. Uh, yeah, I'm fucking... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an A86 Corolla uh, fastback. We didn't really get them here. Right. I actually wrote a song about it two years ago and released it on vinyl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called Hachiroku, which means 86. And uh, right. So there was a manga called Initial D and they had a computer game based around it as well, which which was in time zone just over here in Inaloo and you could sit in it and, you know, it was fucking... Time sick. zone. Oh, still sick. This it's is just still, the 90s. Yeah. There's still time zones. Yeah, there's time zones. This is just a one the other day. Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, I play, I feel like it's become a a big, like a similar version. Yeah. Is that the thing? Well, the thing that's popping up around Perth that I'm loving is all the retro gaming um, places. Shout shout Palace Arcade. Yeah, I went there on Saturday after Who's Rhyme at Guna Nugs Mm -hmm. um, just to pop in and say happy birthday. I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. And it's like, do you remember the Simpsons game? Yeah, yeah. So like old school. Old school pinball, but built with the bar. So arcade games. Yes. And they do incredible food. It's actually owned uh, by... Uh, Saren Bajaj, who runs Origin Festival, which is where I'm playing ah. on New Year's. And I've been boys with him since he was like 14. Nice. Yeah. I think I saw him there. We both collect arcade machines. And he said to me a few years ago, oh, I'm going to start a bar. And I was still in England. I was like, fucking jealous as hell. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that Simpsons one, <clears throat> I was in the caravan park at Geraldton. Yeah. The day it got wheeled in for the first time. Unreal. And the Fuck. dude wheeled it in, plugged it in, and then dropped 100 credits on it for all the kids to go crazy. And I was just oh. like, ah! And I've never forgotten how frothing I was off that. I must yeah. have only been 10 or something. Fuck. Yeah, I've got great memories. My granddad used to take me to Hillary's uh, Marina, oh, and yeah. that little arcade they yeah. had there. And yeah, it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Hillary's Marina, I lived up the road from that. I miss Pop Black up there because you, yeah. b- you could BYO at Pop Black. So oh, wow. They had fridges and shit. Well, they so stopped Pop that Black. after all the glassing. <laughs> <laughs> Pop Black turned into uh, Harbour Terrace. Harbour Terrace. I think it's it still, still there, but yeah. it's not so many There's still pool tables. But I think there's not still, as many more. I think there's still eight. Yeah, okay. so I used, I, used love, I used to love going to pool halls. Like there was yeah. one in Northridge called Pockets. There was one in Scarborough called Billy Lee's. Yeah, yeah. BYO fridges everywhere. We just stroll in with a cart, and I was like, "This is." I used to good. I used to love pool because I was okay with it when we used, I used to have one. Yeah, and the missus moved in, and that made room for a dining yeah. table. I love that. <laughs> I just love eight balls. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's my favourite. You want to list them? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, then there's Planet Royale, a new one. That, I was just um, about to say, did they? They've got, they've got all like yeah. Arcade yeah. Games so the stuff, boys eh? from Outback, Jack, Sash, and Ray. Um, they Ray, uh, Sash has got Neon Palms, and they've gone in together. And Planet Royale, it's fucking incredible. Have I you went, been there yet? I, so I went to the theatre yeah. upstairs for Great. the um, 
for the secret Sasha Baron Cohen show that didn't happen. Yeah. Which right. did happen, which yeah. was interesting. So I, that was the first time I'd been there. And Is that the, uh, the lounge or the Planet Royale? No, no he did the, one there as well. Oh, the, really? Yeah. Uh, the, whatever the theatre upstairs yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he so didn't. Good. <laughs> did you do – I mean, now, you know, we had to sign a fucking non-disclaimer act for it, uh, but now it's a while Everyone past. Knows, yeah. yeah. Come at me, bro, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah, that was interesting. I got invited to that. Uh, I can't remember how long ago. It was a few months ago now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was the first time I'd been in there. And Was that uh, on the Friday? I think so, yeah. Because he did the Monday – he did the Tuesday, yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday at the lounge <clears throat> and then the Friday at It was the, supposed uh, to be in Subi at the Regal and yeah, they moved right. it. But uh, that was the first time I'd been in there since that venue was IMAX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I remember probably 2002 I was running a club in Northbridge or helping run a club in Northbridge and they were thinking about moving into that space. Right. And they didn't do it because it was just so big. Yeah. And I don't know if anything had really been in there since. No. Not nothing I remember. No. Isn't that mad? Yeah. How much Perth real estate is just sitting there empty for that long? Yeah. I think that's where we're tossing up or try, we're trying to get a date where we do the up and joke in the theatre. Two. Yeah, <laughs> number two there. It's not so as big, big as the Regal though. Nah. No, but just for the people that missed out yeah, because we've got all that good content yeah. and um. You know, we're trying to, you know, recoup some of the, <laughs> some <laughs> of the take, money. Yeah. So uh, Ticketek and Regal took a lot Ticketek more than – Oh, oh yeah. man. So much. Ticketek double handle. Still did well. They'll charge us as the provider like you, you a need stupid to, amount. You need to fuck them off and get – Well, uh, you can't because they've got a contract with Regal. Regal. That's why we're like so, – And then they'll the charge Regal you then. $7 to download it. So, so yeah. Jesus, there's a, no, a mate of mine runs a ticket company called the Ticket Ferry. Yeah, oh. that's my hot tip. Oh. Okay, shout out to this episode's brought to you by <laughs> the Ticket Ferry. Yeah, well, we're, we're definitely Buddha's going to uh, get on top of it as well. Instead of leaving like, teeth under your pillow, just leave your cash, and it'll give you a ticket when you wake yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I saw a video of Buddha dressed in fancy dress the other day. And yeah, 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 the Mitch dumb and dumber. Johnson's, um, it looked like he had no teeth though. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> no, so, that's just bad for him. So he put in fake. He put in fake ones because of All the right. gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. The fake gap. Yeah, that, um, walking down some Jim street. Jim has. I was yeah. like, man, call the police. This dude's got no Mate, teeth. That Buddha's was that was, that was him getting caught like mid smoke bomb. Ah, so right. Whitey had left, but then they caught him and Alicia ah. <laughs> leaving, um, leaving the Mitch Johnson's yeah. birthday. The um, classic, the dress up game by Buddha and his miss. I was always oh, top on notch. Point. Yeah, yeah, on point, definitely. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, what did they do for? It was Halloween. They had a uh, mini Trump. Mini Trump. Yeah, yeah and they were the Secret Service. So fucking good, man. Elena, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> they're good at that. But um, yeah, maybe we should do a bit of hard yarns with Harding. Yeah, huh? right. and uh, bit of the story, like, yeah, cause we're, like where it all began and all that. Because focus. fuck, man, I I remember I sit, I remember the first time coming to see you guys. It wasn't even a it was a, just a festival. It was a big day out. I feel oh, like yeah. it was maybe like two thousand six, <clears throat> maybe two thousand. Yeah, I think we played live at the big day out on maybe oh eight. Yeah, yeah. But it might have been oh eight. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. And like it was like a sunset ish. Yeah, yeah. It was a. It was like just. And I remember whoever had to follow you was fucked. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> and I was like, I remember leaving going, they were the fucking best. They should have headlined. I can't remember who fucking. I feel like it was probably like Marilyn. Nah, no, nah, I think it was like Silverchair maybe or someone oh, that oh, was just. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was someone who just didn't have the upbeat vibe or the, the big yeah. energy that That's you guys. Had. I think it was Nickel. Thing. It was Nickel, yeah. Yeah. Nickelback, wasn't Nickelback. it? Yeah, it was yeah, Nickelback. And Nickelback, back to back, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but from what I, my research said is that it was almost an accidental union of Pendulum because their computer failed at a gig and you mm. jumped in. Is that right or is that fake? I mean, news? if we're going right back to the very start, yeah, yeah, I was DJing for maybe 
four years before yeah. I met the boys. Um, two or three years seriously in Perth as El Hornet. And yeah. I was doing all kinds of raves and we had a really solid all-ages rave scene which then fed into the 18-plus drum and bass scene and it was going pretty good. And I... Were you making crust back then or were you just no, a passion project? Uh, 60 bucks an hour for sets. Yeah. Apparently that's what uh, DJs still get paid now, which is bullshit. Wow. That's like 20 years ago. I get 60 bucks an hour for sex, but not for sets. Uh, is that Sorry, I'm paying that someone, now. <laughs> you're paying or someone's paying you. But yeah, I was just having a great time uh, playing records in clubs and yeah. you know, just really working on being a drum and bass DJ. Yeah. And I played a few other styles of music and playing. It was just such a good scene. And then I just remember... I ran into one of the guys, uh, which was Gareth, and he just came up to me like corks, just like <laughs> talking a thousand miles an hour. And I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> and um, he mentioned that they'd been producing and he, he had this mate called Rob who was, you know, he, he'd been making loads of tunes. And then I saw Rob post something on a Perth dance music forum called Technoscape, which doesn't exist anymore. What was the forum back then? What was it, it like? Technoscape was the best one. It was like that was where the whole scene just hung on that and yeah. everyone would just – And it was a website? That, yeah, that, it was just yeah. – That just, and the Express. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, But Rob put up a clip of a tune that he'd made, which was a remix for Perth Band, and I was like, whoa, shit. This is 10 times better than anything locally that I'd heard. Sick. 10 times better than the music I was making myself. And so Gaz and I linked and we, we made a couple of tunes. Then I went around to Rob's house and uh, he had, you know, like a sound card, like an external sound card and, and, and a keyboard. And I was like, fucking hell, this dude's serious. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> two little tiny pieces of equipment back then were just so intense. Like yeah. we didn't have any of that shit. Was yeah. it expensive? Um, I mean, his sound card was, a, I can even remember, a Motu 896 and I think that was – a couple of grand at that wow. stage. And, and we were just like, I was like, how the fuck did you get that, bro? Yeah. You know, and uh, anyway, so he had a poster on his wall and it was a, of a, a gig poster. And my my band, because I was in a punk band, my band was on the poster. And I was like, oh, fuck, you like my band? He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, that's my band on the poster on your wall. And he goes, well, the name above it is my band. <laughs> and I was that's like, so funny. I was like, what? And then I, we all realised that, you know, I'd been in the punk scene for years and they had a bank uh, which was called Exogen. Yeah. And so I was like, shit, we'd played the same gigs but never Fuck. met. And loaded in and out of the Grosvenor uh, backroom uh, in uh, – Was in, that the same back then? The, the Grosvenor. Grosvenor. The yeah. Grosvenor was the spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was the, that was the pinnacle of playing um, live band gigs in Perth. So I think, I think my band started playing sort of 1996, I guess. Yeah. Mm. I met them in 2000 and – Two, yeah. So you know, it was just this strange thing. Like, oh shit, you guys are in a band as well. It's liking drum and bass and producing it. That's just the same as me because there wasn't anyone else that was doing that. Yeah, I was taking my turntables and records down to punk gigs and playing drum and bass between the punk bands. That's cool. Force feeding them the shit. Like, How did you find it? Because there's no internet really. Back uh, then. So, I, I mean, I was working at an ISP at that stage, so it was it was a little internety um, with just local nerdy chat and yeah. stuff. But I just knew there was a couple of clubs in Perth that were uh, Gravity was the main one. Where and was then, that? What's that so now? That that's gone now. Oh, so do you know where? Um, there's a gin bar in Northbridge. So the the street that it was on is Mountain Terrace. Okay. Uh, it actually ended up becoming the Taipan Room uh, towards the end of its life, and it's uh-huh. been it's been bulldozed now. But I think it's called Frisk Small Bar. Oh yeah, yeah. So that sits on the site of two very famous clubs in the history of Perth. One was called DC's, okay. which is where Carl Cox played. You know, f- like back in the nineties and the back room of that was Gravity and then turned into a drum and bass club called The Drum Club. Cool. So Jungle and Drum and Bass had a home in this laneway of Northbridge and I spent 
all my time there. And that's where I met the boys. Yeah. Um, but strangely, we would we both played band gigs in the front room as well. So it was weird that it took so long for us to meet, seeing that we were skirting around each other's scenes uh, so closely. Mm. Uh, and then we we just said, let's, let's make a fucking tune. Yeah. Mm. So we sat down and we made... Uh, a record. Rob was by le- you know leagues above either of us in terms of production skill and okay. engineering and songwriting, and we whipped out this thing in a couple of sessions. And then I took the tune down to the drum club where I was DJing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I think I'd done that per- that that night you said where I played f- in place of them. Yeah. They asked me to stand in. Uh, someone put on a Perth producers night. Cool. So Perth Perth drum and bass producers, and Rob's computer died like the day before, yeah. two days before. I couldn't recover it. All the shit that he was going to play was pretty much gone. Yeah, um, I had CD copies of some of it. And so I had CD. Uh, uh, so they said, can you play this gig for us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, we weren't going to be a band. We were going to be a label. So it was yeah. called the Pendulum Recording Boys. <laughs> and they fucking spelt it with a Z. <laughs> so the scene was mad political back yeah. then. So everyone knows me. No one knows them, but they know that they're guns in the studio. Yeah. I turn up representing them and all the other drum and bass dudes were like, oh, fucking look at this prick. <laughs> you know, he's, he's fucking, you know, got these dudes to make their music for him and he's going to play it. And I was just like, no, no, they've asked me. Like, yeah. yeah. So I On the re- pendulum. Boys. Yeah. <laughs> they stood in the booth. I played maybe half an hour of Rob's solo tunes, Gareth's solo tunes, and my own solo tunes. And then we made a song together. Cool. So a few weeks later, I tested that song out at that same club, the drum club in Northbridge, and it went fucking crazy. Sick. It, it just, we were like, what the hell? Just Everyone just started going mental. And so I started to farm that out to DJs around the world yeah. because I'd had them play in the club, so I had a few contacts. Mm-hmm. And suddenly they start playing it. We start hearing UK DJs open with our song wow. in London. We're, we're sat here in Perth looking at like a dial-up speed video, like buffering. Going, <laughs> yeah. I can hear the opening pads of our song. <laughs> this you know, the, the particular DJ I'm talking about is Ed Rush. And I was like, Ed Rush has opened with our song yeah. at the biggest drum and bass night in London wow. at the last set of the night. And everyone's like, what the fuck is this song? And suddenly we had all these labels tapping, saying, you know. That's incredible. want to make us a tune. What's so the year was, was that, that? That was 2003. Was that like that's, that's year one of 11, your Delby. biggest moments of euphoria, do you think? Or did it yeah. get even better from there? No, nah, I think um, it was just spun out because we couldn't see it. You know, you could just kind of read about it on a few forums and uh, a couple of clips. Like YouTube wasn't even a thing. Yeah. Um, and then I went over to Adelaide uh, to do a show and I signed that tune at two in the morning over the internet to this very um, well-regarded label. And I was just so... Like the you when you mean sign that tune, do you so, mean hand it over, or no, you like we committed for them to release that song? Was that that beat chaos beat? Ah, uh, no, that was oh. this was well before that. It was a, a record label called Thirty One Records, owned okay. by a guy called Doc Scott, who's still going now, still putting out tunes. But yeah. I'm, I imagine at two in the morning on yeah. a Sunday night, I'm sat in Adelaide, yeah. awake on on the on someone else's computer, yeah. mm. and this guy's messaging me like, "Hey, so would you like to? You know, can I release that tune on Thirty One Records?" And at that point, I owned every record he put out. Yeah. And he was one of the originators. And I was just like, fuck. Yeah. Serious. So your idol. So I wouldn't say he, him specifically was my idol, but he was foundation of this yeah. music. So he yeah. was one of the originators. So someone and, you really respected? Precisely. Yeah. And 
it's two o'clock in the morning. The deal's done. He's like, right, done. Because he was pretty blase about it because he didn't really, hadn't really got that crazy yet. Yeah. And he's like, cool, catch you later. And I'm just sitting there going, <laughs> So I did two laps around the block. <laughs> two in the morning, just jog, jogged it out. Like, fucking fist pumping. Yeah. yeah, boys. Yeah. But everyone I was staying with was asleep. And I was yeah. like, oh, I want to wake these bricks up. Yeah. <laughs> just so want to tell everyone, yeah. yeah. But then we released on a lot of really um, classic drum and bass labels in the next few months. And then uh, Pendulum had been going for less than a year. And I jumped on a plane and left and went over to England and America just to do some gigs to spread the name. Yeah. So uh, halfway through 2003, I went to the UK. I think I did four shows, did one in Germany and then went to America for a month. And I was gone for nine weeks and came back with about 300 bucks. Wow. I slept in a shed in someone's backyard in LA. Like, was that like by purpose? And you were just yeah. like, fuck it, I'm I just, going. I just wanted to spread the, spread the seed, you yeah. know, like just get mm. the name out there. And also because I was good at DJing, I was like – I'm going to go to these gigs where, you know, it's very high, highly regarded to get a set there and mm. I'm going to fucking smash it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to walk in there with this dumb arrogance of <laughs> the central wheat belt and Padbury <laughs> and just walk in like, all right, can't sound like <laughs> Oh, England, eh? Yeah, yeah, fucking this is how we do it in Perth. Yeah. yeah. Bang. And just that's what I did. Yeah. Mm. Nicely. But, when you um, signed it, did that give him all the money? So he that he was going to make that or? very first song. Yeah, it's a 50-50 split, but he put it on a, uh, a on a four track EP with three other artists. So that song then blew up and won some awards. And so every so we got paid twenty five percent or fifty percent. So it was, oh, essentially, it was fuck all. That sucks. And he got a brand new BMW X five because I saw him driving. <laughs> <laughs> and the other artists on there were like, "Yeah, we normally only get five hundred quid. Suddenly, we got five grand for that release. Thanks, Benjamin. Wow. <laughs> fuck. fuck. But oh. I didn't care because it was my it was my dream to have you know tunes out in the UK. Mm. And then suddenly we released on more labels, and then we signed a deal over uh, with a label in London and. I'd only been back from that nine-week tour for three months and we moved. So September 2003, we were gone. Well, did it take much to convince the other boys? No, they were ready yeah. to go. And my, um, my girlfriend at the time, she already had her visa. Um, so Rob and I went together with her. Uh, Gareth came in like January. Mm -hmm. And we, we didn't get much love from Australia before we left. I remember sending promo copies on CD of all of our single releases to Triple J and they were like not interested. And I was like, why, why not? You know, we're getting these tunes signed to big labels in the UK. And they said, we want an album. I was like, why do you want an album? We're releasing 12-inch dance singles, which yeah. is how it's done. Yeah. Well, because we want to choose which song we support. And I was like, well, here's two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pick, pick, and, then here's a, and then three months later or two months later, here's another two that we're putting on another label that's owned by, you know, someone else yeah. big in the UK. And they were just like, no. So they didn't really show us any love until 2005. So we've been gone for two years. So we, we literally, we put out some, um, some we said we're going to do a leaving show. Yeah. Uh, you know where the Northbridge Brewing Company is? Yep. Yeah, so yeah. along there, that used to be a venue called Redheads. And uh, we put out a thing and said, Sunday night, we're leaving Perth, we're moving to the UK, we're going to do a farewell gig, and nine people turned up. Fuck. So we're like, later, cunts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> off we went, got on the plane, went to England, and Rob and I started cracking on with music. My ex got a job. You know, we just, we, we just said, let's see how long this goes. Well, they're still there. Wow. I moved back after 17 years. Yeah. And uh, Rob and Gaz stayed because, you know, they didn't want to move back to Oz yet. But I was commuting back and forth. So, you know, we'd been there for two years. Our first album came out. Uh, three years after that, next one. And it just it just kept popping, just kept getting bigger and bigger. Do you and think bigger. it's because the scene was 
way bigger over there mm. than here. Yeah, yeah, we had to go there. I think yeah. you could you could do so much by proxy, and now you can do whatever you want from wherever you want. Yeah. But at the time, we had to go and immerse ourselves in the rave scene, in the drum and bass scene, and the festival circuit over there was just so sick. Yeah. So well, that's um that's a big ups to uh, TPE, my band back in the day, two thousand six, same time. We had one hundred and fifty come to watch us. So <laughs> we were, at one stage in my life, my band was bigger than Pendulum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember my old punk band. We used to play the White Sands, and uh, oh really? You know, the only people that would come were people that you would promise yeah, you, promise you, could drink the jug you the, would get. In. Yeah. yeah, we would get in a bar card. We'd never get paid. It was like we'd oh. go to the Rock, the Swan Basement. Yeah. Um, so those venues all kind Rose of. Came, yeah, they came like actually the Rosemount. I played that a lot, but in my punk band, we used to get paid a jug of beer. For one, jug, jug. one jug, yeah. I think we got a hundred dollar bar card. So, yeah. and the then mo- the five most- mates had come and be gone in. Well, the most we ever got paid for a gig was $150, and that was to play at the Lookout supporting Millencolin. So wow. big up uh, Paul Sloan, who's still, still <laughs> a promoter. That was the highest paid band gig I ever had because I didn't give a shit about that. It was like if we could get 50 bucks, that would pay us for a rehearsal space. Right. For the week. All to, about to, the music, man. Jam. It was all about the music. <laughs> yeah. Nearly bankrupt. Well, I did bankrupt myself and yeah? I was te- technically homeless for half a year because of music. Wow. Mm. Well, fuck, fuck you, music. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, I, it's quite- but Is that because taken, you were just going balls out into yeah. investing everything into it? Yeah. So just before I met the boys, I, love that. I yeah. you couldn't, there was no downloads. You had yeah. to buy vinyl. So we're on this, we call it the black, the, oh, sorry, the black crack. The black crack. <laughs> vinyl, vinyl was so addictive and you had to have new records. Yeah. So you'd be like, black crack, got to get yeah, some yeah, yeah. I, need, I need some new tunes, man. And Is that because you're mixing them as well? well or you just wanted to listen No, because we're mixing them. Yeah. So every Friday if or Saturday, if you had a gig, you wanted new records. Mm. I was dropping, I don't know, $200, $250 a week on vinyl in 2001. Wow. I earned fuck all back then. Yeah. And um, it just inflation, got- that's like- Fucking two what? grand a week right now. So, so to put it into context, if I was to play a set in a club for an hour, I'd play between eighteen and twenty-five records. Wow! Each record was eighteen to twenty-five dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to keep it fresh. Yeah. So yeah. you might you might buy a twelve-inch which had two songs on it. One was shit. You play one twice and then be over it, and wow. that cost twenty bucks. Yeah. So yeah, I was if I bought ten in a week, that's two hundred bucks minimum, and those sets I was getting sixty dollars for. So I just remember thinking, this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I didn't really care because I'd kind of had a few jobs and was still working. What were you doing for for work outside of music? Uh, I worked at Ionet doing tech support for a while. Uh, Actually, I worked around the corner from here at um, Galvin's Plumbing and Hardware was one of my last jobs. Galvin's? Yeah, I I was their network admin for a bit. So you're a full tech geek? Well, before that I was in pubs. So I worked at uh, Ganjimi's in West Perth, um, Whitford's Tavern, Wanneroo Tavern. Yeah. And then uh, now it's Little Creatures, but it used to be Zanzibar. I was a glassy down there. So yeah, I, did, right. I did a lot of shit jobs. I, was a, I worked for Schweppes for a while. Yeah. I did a few rep jobs. And what was the dis- – because our potty talks about the decision to follow what you love and then make a crust from it. Well, yeah. You went, right, fuck everything else. So what was the turning I point? I kept getting fired because, <laughs> <laughs> because of music. Because all I gave a shit about was the gigs and jamming and, and buying new records and I just – I only worked because I sort of had to and I didn't really love any of the jobs I ever had. Mm. And I didn't even think that doing music full-time was a and getting paid for it was a realistic thing at any point. Is that because you think you were sold that as as an idea by, you know, 
No, because it wasn't everyone. Real, it wasn't realistic. The only the only route to do that in Perth in those early two thousands was playing a cover band. Yeah, and I'd yeah. prefer to set my drum kit on fire than playing a cover yeah, band. So yeah, they, they were the sounds arch, the same. They, yeah. were the, <laughs> they were the arch enemy of original musicians yeah. because they used to get a grand a gig. And they'd be down there at the rehearsal room playing. I'd be like, these fucking jokers. Yeah. We just released an EP that four people gave a shit about. Yeah, so, yeah. so I just thought there was no realistic path to live off of music. And, um, you know, like I own records from so many bands that I've met in person and they tour on their holidays, their annual yeah. holidays. And I'm like, wait, you've got records out, like five albums you've done, you've toured 20 countries. And they're like, yeah, but we sleep on people's floors. Yeah. Or, you know, we, or we, we do a tour in a van. So the DJing side of things was like, um, I think the outlay of just keeping fresh music was really prohibitive. So yeah. I, I got to a point where I kept getting fired from jobs and then I just ran out of coin. I just yeah. literally was like, I'm fucking broke. And then the house I was living at Northbridge, everyone moved out and I moved into an office that my mates were renting in William Street and I was squatting. Yeah. So I literally like would play gigs on the weekend. That'd be my 60 bucks. Mm. And, but I had to be out of there by 8.30 in the morning because I couldn't keep my car parked on, um, <sighs> on Barrack Street or no, yeah. William Street. And uh, it got to a point where I can actually remember walking up to Triple Fast Food where, um, where Hungry Jacks and KFC and McDonald's is on William Street in the city. And uh, I was five cents short of a cheeseburger for dinner and had, nice. to, had to ask someone for five cents. Yeah. Not once either. Yeah. Many times I was in that. Fuck. I was in that much strife but did you that, at, did you at any point go i'm gonna stop music or you're like yeah yeah so yeah. i said that this is it like i can't afford to buy records and if i can't afford to buy records then my sets aren't fresh mm. and i have i haven't got my finger on the pulse and when i met the other two guys i the week before it said two months and i'm done yeah so i reckon i got right to the edge like I couldn't go on the dole because I just was a dickhead and didn't hand my form in and so I got kicked <laughs> off. Yeah. You know, and then they were like, well, now you can't come back on for six months, dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, is that how it works? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I pushed it right to the brink of literally being homeless, all my belongings in a car, fell out with my mum, wasn't allowed to go to her house. Like, Dad was over, uh, up in Darwin or something. because was she like, you're an idiot? Yeah, you so she, yeah, so she just said, you know, like, you need to keep working. And just I had a sequence of really bad things happen. And um, I used to break into her house and have a shower and eat a piece of toast. And Fuck, the yeah. most polite criminal of yeah, all yeah. time. So, yeah, just, the wet bandit. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just Years later, she's like, I knew you were doing it. I was like, bullshit, I put everything back. And she goes, the fucking house smells like toast for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I don't eat toast. You bring your own bread with you. Like, oh, God, you got me. Yeah, I used to roll in there with my own, like, loaf of country split. Like, like, eat 16 pieces of toast and then bounce after Fuck the it. shower. So it's a, it's a full, it's a real, like, uh, like a hard yarns story. Yeah, it yeah, oh, it's absolutely. a full it's on, you've gone the hard road, you've yeah, done they, the hard yards. My, my olds were like, you're a dickhead. Like, you've done all this bad, made all these bad decisions. You keep getting fired. Things just keep going bad. And it's because you're pursuing music so hard. Yeah. So they said to me, you can't live with, my mum said, you can't live with me. All my mates didn't have anywhere to stay. And they said, you, my mum said, you've got to go down to Bunbury and um, live with your grandparents for a bit. Your, your uncle, who's a copper down there, has got you a job in the um, wood chip mill. Mm. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so I drove down there, mm. pulled into Gran's house. Hello, Gran, how's it going? <laughs> Had tea with them. And then I just did a lap of Bunbury, just drove around. Mm. <laughs> I drove back to their house, went to sleep, and then I went back to Perth the next <laughs> morning. <laughs> 
I was like, I can't do it. I'm not doing it. I prefer to be homeless. And so I was. So shout out to everyone shout down out to in my, Bunbury. Shout out to my brother who lives in Bunbury. <laughs> my, my that, that should be the, as you enter Bunbury, Bunbury. <laughs> People choose to be homeless yes. over live here. Pendulum said, nope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I did some sick gigs at the Prince down there, actually. I've got to shout. There's people down in Bunbury trying to push drum and bass. So yeah. good on them. Fresh yeah. Prince. My, my granny and uh, cousins live down there still. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It just at that stage, this was like uh, 2000, 2001. It was not for me. Yeah. Working I'd in the wood still, chip mill. Like, I love my brother, but it's not for me. That's either. Not for me either. <laughs> it's not for me. Nah. I like the I like being close down, down south, like – to that area, but Bunbury yeah. is like the a little bit for me. It's just like the not. It's yeah. it's I not mean, Margaret River. I have to stop on the way through. <laughs> yeah. I got a big, uh, a strong tie with Falcon and and Mandra, and I'll yeah. defend that place. You know, that's my spot. <laughs> but Bunbury's like an extension of whackness. Yeah, fr- uh, on from Mandra. So yeah. yeah, no offense to Bunbury, but it's just not for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, twenty years ago it was even less for me because there was nothing really there at yeah, all. Yeah, way less there. But and yeah. there's no waves. They all surf in the back beach and the boogers and. <laughs> Breaking on the shore, and I was like, nah, it's not Done. for me. Were you a surfer as well back then? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think um, I, I started surfing when I was 12 and surfed a lot. But, yeah, raving and clubbing really destroyed that because yeah. uh, I remember working at Zanzibar in Frio and knocking off at 7 o'clock in the morning and driving up past Scarborough, and it was just firing, and I was coming down. Yeah. Like 600 Dexies, yeah. a couple of Green Demons, and I was like, fucking surf looks all right. I've been awake for 200 hours. Yeah. I'm going to bed. So, so, yeah, working in clubs and raves and that really um, did put the brakes on surfing. But thankfully, living in London was quite good for surfing. Because really? Because you could fly to Biarritz in, in, ah. in France in an hour. Yeah, yeah. And there was all, you know, Portugal. I surfed a lot in Portugal. And then I was, I was on tour, so I had surfboards stashed everywhere. Sick. I've still got one in LA. I had one in Cape Town. I had one stashed in France, one in Portugal, and uh, a couple here when I'd come back. Because I used I used to, used to come back to Perth for one week uh, a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'd skip a year. And because well. it's a long flight as well from from over there. Hey. Well, yeah, 20, like, 20 plus hours. Yeah. yeah. And, to, and two stops. Yeah. yeah. They we wouldn't did, have had um, the direct shitty, one. Definitely yeah. not. Yeah. The direct flight I'd done that before it was cancelled and that was um, that was pretty hectic you started to see people bug out at 16 hours yeah, like, yeah. You, and you still had four hours to go so it's yeah. like it's a, still quite a long time yeah and people standing in the galley like oh, fucking. so I, I heard um, when you were in London though you got um, put up by one of the DJs there was yeah so right? we signed a deal in 03 which is why we left uh, to a label called Breakbeat Chaos and uh, they owned well the guy who owned the label his parents owned a flat where he lived and he'd, he'd uh, gone over to New York to work on some hip hop stuff ah. so he said you can stay in my flat so we got nine months free rent because that's notorious for being di- like super expensive and yeah. hard to find hey yeah and I think the thing if we had have done the traditional London route and gone over there and stayed in share houses in Fulham or Putney or you know Ballam yeah. or, 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 or Wolfie's house, <laughs> exactly. the Vortex. I yeah. think I think it would have been impossible for us to make music because yeah. you, you know you want to set up some speakers and crack on and work for twelve yeah. hours in a row. So we had this apartment which was in the most baller area of London, but it was the shittest apartment there, and yeah. it was above a um, American like um, diner. So we'd be just out at the clubs, just getting cooked and having a great old time in the first you know nine months of being there. Yeah. But then um, our bedrooms were above the kitchen, so they start oh, cooking man. ribs at six o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and I'm just laying in bed. And they're just getting the, cooked downstairs. Just the smell of ribs, and I'm like, um, oh, basting. Yeah, <laughs> make, it, make it stop. So yeah. were, you, were you boys like um, doing sort of paycheck to paycheck? Yeah, yeah, in we London were gig to gig, gig to gig. Yeah, I remember when Gaz turned up in uh, 
January 2004. We'd been there for three months already. Yeah. He stayed to finish his uni degree. And uh, he turned up and said, all right, boys, um, I've got 100 bucks. <laughs> when's, when's the next gig? And I'm like, two months. <laughs> so, Shit. yeah, we were literally like – we would we were we were playing gigs for 150 pound. Yeah, and it'd be so like, like 10,000 Australian. <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah, at the time it was three to one, so it was like yeah. 400 bucks, which seemed sick. But then we'd get our 50 quid each and go to the shop, and it'd be like a baked potato with tuna on it was six quid. Yeah, like, Fuck, I've only got 50 of those. Fuck. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, it was interesting earning that money, but. We didn't have to pay rent for the first nine months, so we were good. Yeah. So, what was that like first moment where you started to go, "Fuck!" Like we've made it. We've, well, not not, not not we made it, but it's, shit, this is actually becoming a. This is taking off. It took a while. It took a good couple of years. Uh, in that house, we pretty much finished, and the next house, we finished our first album, and I think the crossover appeal that it, uh, our first album was called "Hold Your Color," and it was quite weird because we were in the purest rave scene. But suddenly people who didn't care about that and mm. didn't care about drum and bass started to identify with it and started right. to like it. And I think we had a, a quite a blinkered approach to our first songs. We were like, let's impress drum and bass people. Yeah. But that that audience is finite. It's, so, it's quite insular yeah. and quite small. Mm -hmm. And then we made Hold Your Colour and very quickly we realised that we didn't need to impress those people anymore. Yeah. So that's why a lot of those tracks were vocal tracks because, you know, Drum and bass producers weren't singing on their tunes then. Mm -hmm. Rob's been the singer in Exogen for years and, and he's put vocals on most of our songs. We did a, a tune called Sounds of Life with uh, Jasmine Yee, who's from the Perth band Halogen. Um, there was just a couple of vocal features and, and uh, one tune called Tarantula had a big ragger vocal, mm -hmm. two MCs, um, Spider and Tenafly. And so it, it kind of felt like we'd already crossed off all of the Impress the Drum and Bass Dudes records. We'd done yep. them. Yep. And then we're like, let's impress us record yep. with a bit of impressing them. Yeah. And Radio 1 picked up on it in the UK. Kiss FM picked up on it. And then suddenly there's this weird switch, which I didn't anticipate. Over there, all of their universities have got clubs inside them. Wow. Oh, so they're called, they're called student unions. And you don't go to uni where you live. Yeah, yeah. So you, you go, go off as to a freshers. You, oh, up, yeah. you, you yeah. go off to a different town. Yeah. And these kids are out of home for the first time ever. <laughs> and pints are a quid. Yeah. yeah. I went and there for freshers. When and I there's a club and I'm playing at it. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, yeah. So those student unions blew up Pendulum remarkably unexpectedly as well and then suddenly we would get booked at festivals which had a drum and bass tent but they'd put us on a different on the stage. mainstream like yeah. mainstream yeah so they'd have tiesto and some other dudes yeah, yeah, yeah. on on a stage which was kind of multi-genre and they throw us on to do a drum and bass set and everyone would go crazy wow. yeah. and i'm like none of these people give a shit about drum and bass yeah. so, something about pendulum just made them all react. Well, it sounds good on pingers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that, 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 that whole drum and bass sort of like thing, you start talking about vocals starting to creep yeah. in. That was that started to become quite quite a – it's well, like it was a bridge in sort of genres, wasn't it? Like I, even Prodigy, they started using a bit of – I like, just think people started to write songs. Yeah, we yeah. Weren't, by, by no means were we the first people to do, you know, vocal-led drum and bass. Yeah. But to have a group with the members of that group Mm. Vocalizing, wasn't that, that wasn't that from common? somewhere else, or, or yeah. getting like now or getting a guest on? Now a lot of people who are in 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 the modern scene, mm. they have a different singer for each song, yes, and they probably don't even meet. 
they don't give a fuck what she's singing, you know, singing about the stars and I feel good. Yeah. And it's, you know, those are the popular yeah. songs at the moment. I'm just like, who's this chick? Yeah. She's sick. Why, yeah. is, why is, like, a lot of the time. I, give I have some credit. A, well, I have a huge bugbear with credit. I'm so angry when I see a song released by an artist with their name on it. Yeah. And, like, this has just happened in Perth, actually. Did with you Regan see? Regan Derry? So, yeah, so yeah. Regan and this fucking dickhead. Am I allowed to say that? Do whatever. Yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> There's this cheesy house knob called Jolly on Petch, who I'd never heard of him before. Yeah. The world that these that, that Regan um, lives in is very different to my musical world. Yeah. Like she was, you know, worked with Bombs Away and all these sort of poppy dudes. It's, I don't really – it's not on my radar. So, yeah. But I only knew of her because she was a friend of a friend. Yeah, I met her when she was uh, in that little mini band with Kyle Sandler's missus. There you go. Um, so, well, so when I, I was know- a shirtless waiter. <laughs> <laughs> Sidebar. Scarlet Bell was her name because she signed my back. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> I know of Regan because Rob from Pendulum, his ex-girlfriend from Perth, is friends with her. Yeah. And I just saw this shit unfolding with her not getting credits for this song and I was like, this is exactly what I'd – despise is when you've got some producer dude who makes a song gets a vocal and then puts it out as his song um and the title doesn't have the the singer's name in it yeah and so i i tweeted him maybe started november and um i said like you didn't fucking sing it yeah where's regan's name in it yeah for one it's a cover yeah it's not an original it's Fucking Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. yeah. Why doesn't it say Fleetwood Mac, Mac Dreams yeah. Yeah. featuring yeah. Or, or cover version or, you know, remix by? It's fucking cover bands, man. <laughs> so this dipshit, this dip, sorry. <laughs> this, uh, this, this prick has put out a cover under his name without her name on it and he yeah. gets a fucking ARIA nomination yeah. for it. And there's a million Aussie bands out there who are just so sick who wouldn't even get a sniff. And the ARIAs give this prick... I was so angry. Anyway, yeah. so Regan went public with it. It all blew up. Yeah. That dude's career hopefully is Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead because he doesn't Or he reinvents himself. And just and so he was blocking everyone online. If you cussed him on it and said, where's fucking Regan's credit? You were blocked instantly. And I was yeah. like, damn, this can't block me. I've got a blue tick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> block the blue tick, brother. The blue tick blocks you. <laughs> blue tick on Insta and Twitter, and you blocked me on both of them because I said, where's Regan's cred, you prick? Uh, so, I don't know. That's one thing that annoys me. But we had an in-house, um, you know, an in-house team. Where Rob was singing, Gaz was producing. Uh, I was doing the DJ gigs. Yeah. It, it just – suddenly we just shot out of the drum and bass scene. But the weird thing – which wasn't weird to me, but we stayed in that scene via me. Yeah. So I kept doing gigs in those raves, in those, you know, purest drum and bass yeah, things, yeah. which kept, I used to call it, I got one foot in the rave. Yeah, yeah. And we'd be on the main stage doing some One foot some in the rave, that's a, great, <laughs> that's a great pun. Yeah. And, I, and I'd be playing these, you know, either smaller or bigger or whatever, but still representing modern, uh, future thinking, forward thinking drum and bass that was current, rather than just playing 12 pendulum songs in a row. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's fucking. We're, we're the only ones. Well, that have I done mean, that. the only I, my I grew up on hip hop. I fucking loved. Um, I think I identify as an African American on the inside. <laughs> like, Aussie hip hop or American American hip hop. Okay, so right. I grew up loving Dre, Tupac, and well, yep. Eminem. Yep. I wore Fubu. I was fucking. Did you? Yeah, I was like full wigger. What was the name of the um the, the wigger shop in the in the city? Uh, Skunkware. Skunkware. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's you and a bunch of um, Wanaruas. An Ethiopian dude. Yeah. <laughs> 
was buying those shiny woo wear. Yeah, oh, I never actually. Yeah, that's a lie. I did buy them from the Royal Show because I couldn't afford them from Skunkwear. So, <laughs> it's funny. So had Fubu on. And it's funny because I don't rollerblader as well. Uh, I started with Roches to try grind and shit, wow. and then. Yeah, because I couldn't skate because right. I took too much energy. I I'm didn't like gonna, pushing the board. I'm just going to put it out there. I would have beaten you. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's so funny because uh, I was a good fighter. Me, yeah, me and Delby <laughs> oh, tried to. Yeah. <laughs> I just bailed. Just <laughs> we tried to start a band in high school uh, with two other blokes yeah, and um, three chords. Yeah, yeah, we just didn't do anything. But we had this one photo of our band. It was yeah. me, you, Pathos. Lloyd, and Pathos. Yeah, and so me, Ryan, and Lloyd are all sort of the metal. Heads, we like yep. Iron Maiden, Incubus, this sort of stuff. Yep. And then Delby's wearing his like fucking Fubu jeans and fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, homie metal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's going like this, and, yeah. we're, all oh. like, and we're like that. <laughs> West Side Claw, and yeah. the rest of you are throwing the horn. No, nah, it was a W four in a row. So it was, yeah. uh, well, I'm glad. Dish. You know, I have a I have a real uh, respect for anyone who had a crack at a band, if they sucked or if they were a cover band. We, well, no, uh, no, we know. weren't a cover band. We never. We, we had some originals. Was, so like me, so after high school when did, we. we Departed with Delby. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. well, we, uh, I played guitar. I learned a scholarship for guitar, and like I was, I was learning to jam, and then I just, never, yeah, I, I never got good after that. We only ever so played stuck to freestyle one, rap. We only ever played one cover song, and that was a Lady Gaga song, and we did a wow. heavy metal version of it. So instead of the what you, year was this? Because Lady Gaga's kind of two thousand, like two thousand six, two thousand seven, you know, and uh, it was like that. You know the ooh la la la. la. So we did that, but on guitar. So we, so we'd go. <laughs> I got my, just, I got my head in my hands. Yeah, yeah. So we Fuck. went down, 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 down. We wouldn't sing it, and that was the only ever time we played a. Uh, a cover and um, it was actually well received. Well, there you go. But we were very, uh, he's very, he's still, I love Ryan. He's still stuck in his, uh, in his, um, his ways. He wants to do the guitar stuff, but he's not, uh, he's not really doing anything with it. He just sticks at home, plays guitar. I remember so. when Lady Gaga appeared and she was walking around Shoreditch in London, basically yeah. wearing nothing. Yeah, just yeah. Just trying to drum up controversy about herself as this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, who's this fucking chick? Oh, it's, her name's Lady Gaga. And I was like. Pfft. Yeah. I, I despised it was, her. And it was odd. I felt like the reason we chose it is because, you know, you, you try and choose the most abstract song to turn into a heavy metal song and that was... Yeah. Well, my punk band used to do The Walk of Life by Dire Straits. Oh, really? And we used to play Seasons in the Abyss by Slayer, but we play it seriously. But yeah. then I guess when the... Vo- we did, none, of, none of us could do uh, Tom Araya vocals, so we just did... Yeah, Bob yeah, up. yeah. But, um, yeah, I think, like, punk covers. Yeah. I love punk covers. Some yep. of them are, are better than – you know, there's so many punk cover albums. I've even got um, punk TV theme albums. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. like, uh, Less Than Jake did the cover of the Laverne and Shirley show, and I was yeah. like, fuck, this is so sick. <laughs> <laughs> so sick. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. I, think, I guess I've had a, um, a lucky career with music, and uh, COVID kind of fucked that up pretty good, and it has made me think – is that enough? Mm. Have I done enough? Have I been lucky enough? What else am I good at? Nothing. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you could you start do a final t- store. You do Twitch. Is it <laughs> I Twitch? Did. I opened one yeah. in London. Oh, sick. Did you? So, I, yeah, I do. I stream on the internet Yeah, uh, a couple times a week on Twitch. My username on Twitch is El Hornet. If Get around are, it, guys. If people are now wondering what Twitch is, which yeah. is unfortunately still a reality that people don't know, yeah, it started out as a gaming platform yeah. where gamers would stream their gameplay and people would watch. But there's a lot of musicians on there. Um, 
a lot of really good Aussie musicians stream on Twitch. A lot of beat makers, like hip hop dudes, really? will just sit there producing beats. Uh, or I do, I just do DJ sets. But I tell the most insane stories about like the things I got up to on the road. Sick. So it's live. So there'll be a chat running of. I don't know. Sometimes there's a couple of hundred people in there, and yeah. they just start talking about something. I'll be, and I remember. I'm, oh, yeah. But is I, that you're reading it and playing? Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm DJing, reading the chat, and then going, "Oh yeah, I remember that time I came to where you live." Yeah. And if there's some, any tech difficulties, you are IINet. So, <laughs> <you can> just, <laughs> so some dude in the chat will be like, "Oh, do you remember when you played in Rochester in New York?" I was like, "Fuck yeah, upstate New Sick. York." You know, uh, September 2004, and I'm like. Somehow the elephant brain kicks in. Yeah, Rain While, Man of the Yeah, of and I'll, I'll be like, yeah, I remember going to this restaurant and dude's like, yeah, I met you. And I was like, yeah, I remember. <laughs> and in 20 years later, the dude's in my chat on Twitch. That's, but that's crazy. so cool. I record those streams and I stick them on the podcast world, but um, anything that's got music in it gets banned from Spotify now. So Even if it's your music? Uh, well, it doesn't matter. They don't give a fuck. My, wow. my own music gets blocked all the time. Yeah. So, so weird. If you go on like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Podcast Addict or any of the other apps that aren't Spotify – it's called the Hornet's Nest. And so my streams are on there. Yeah. Contextually, they might sound strange because I'm talking to people live, but it's, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. about the tunes and I have a good old jam. I did a three and a half hour mix on Tuesday That's pretty night. cool. So releasing music as a podcast with live commentary almost. Pretty much. Yeah. That's, cool. so that's yeah. like, you know, the DVDs where you could get the commentary. Yeah, out and watch yeah, yeah. The, the director's well, commentary, yeah. yeah. Those streams pretty much saw me through COVID of um, really propping up my mental health. So, yeah. And um, staying connected to a global audience. And then also kind of connecting on a one-to-one personal basis with people that I would never normally, because I get whisked in the back of gigs, I'll yeah. play and I'm, and I'm gone. Yeah. Suddenly- Like, like Sasha Baron. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Suddenly that dude in the front row is actually in my chat asking me questions. That's pretty cool. And I'm answering. And I'm like, I haven't had this for a long yeah. time. But the um, stream- It's got to be strange though going- true. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing is, this has allowed me to play sets on of just pure love. Like yeah. I'm just playing the most random shit, but- you know, if I go into a club as a pendulum set, yeah, you you know what you're going to get. It's yeah. going to be a drum and bass set predominantly, yep. and it's a lot and you're of being paid to play what you've been known for. And like, it's serious, and I'm yeah. very serious about it, and I don't fuck about, it, I don't get loose. I just it's it's a serious job. You yeah. Know? If I go on Twitch, I'll be like, what I'm going to play today? I don't know. I might play Gabba. I might play Happy Hardcore. Yeah. I, might play, I do. A, I did a hip hop one recently, and I'll be yeah. like. Was that Who's Rhyme? Or was it? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I could never do those. In clubs, yeah, it's pretty freeing. I've started, and th- people can give you little gifts, right, and donations as yeah, you play so on Twitch. Yeah, so people can t- can actually donate cash if they want, yeah. or they can subscribe to your channel. Yeah, it's like seven bucks a month. Yeah, it's peanuts. And the things that I've seen on there have just blown my freaking mind. I've seen two people write an entire album live. Oh wow! Over the course of months, that's cool. And you've watched these songs evolve. And the main one I'm talking about is a girl called Tasha Baxter from um, South Africa. She would get sent instrumental demos of random people who follow her on Twitch. Yeah. She would play them and sing along to them, mm. but recording herself. Sick. And then she would process the vocals, edit them all out, and be like, there it is. That's, wow. that's one track done. Next dude sends a submission in of a different song. She did that. She did that live. That's sick. And Mate, so that's, that's cool. That's just got about to get released. And, and that's the, real talent. That's just yeah. been able yeah. to do it in I feel life. like maybe that's what we need to do with the premise. Put yeah. on Twitch. Yeah, premise well, on Twitch. I've started that's a good thinking idea. about doing my Twitch stream, but in a venue, live. Ah, uh, that'd be sick. So that we, is we, a very good idea, yeah. We talked about Palace Arcade, and I was like, that'd be a good spot for it downstairs. And so essentially, I would do my Twitch stream the same way, same way I do, 
Um, but if you're in the venue and you want to interact with me, you have to go on the chat. <laughs> on so your you can phone. type it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it comes up on my screen and I can talk to you even if you're right there. Yeah. But I, I wanted to wait till New Year's was out of the way. Yeah. Because I've got a big show coming uh, for Origin Festival yeah. on New Year's Eve. I think Max Shane's on that with Florida Slide. Oh, yeah. Really? Probably, yeah. probably a different. Do you want to go? I think That's, they're on before. Are they before you? Uh, like, Shot One's before. on and uh, Renzuki's on. There's a really strong local lineup. And I think Sick. I think uh, there's a few other gigs on, but I think with the, the difficulty of travelling into the state, um, you know, punters have got to be a little bit realistic about what we can expect for, for parties. And I think yeah. supporting your local artists uh, from WA, uh, if, you have, if you haven't been yeah. already, is so important because um, I'm a huge purveyor of West Australian music. I, I run a, an archival website of WA bands, which no one fucking knows it's me that runs it. It's yeah. been around forever. Well, they do now. There's <laughs> the fake news. <laughs> well, perthmusicblog.com. And I've had that for 12 years. And yeah. I, I've got 150 albums from Perth bands that don't exist anymore. And I've just always frothed so hard on, on, uh, on WA stuff. And it gives me the shits when people are like, which internationals are coming? Yeah, yeah. who gives a fuck? Support it's, your backyard. Well, man. it's yeah. it's that, but it's also let's be realistic about the fact that you, it's You're really COVID. hard to get here. Yeah, unless you want to do two weeks in a shit hotel in town yeah. and lose your uh, mind. Did you do that when you were here? No, so I did the home one. So I've, lucky. I've done a one home quarantine, which at the time hotel quarantine didn't exist. Yeah, and I was bitching about. It. I was like, "This is fucked. I just want to go past <laughs> my driveway and see what's going on around the corner." Like, yeah, you'll get arrested. But then <laughs> the uh, the other pendulum boys came back when we did. Uh, we were supposed to do Origin last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They came back and quarantined at the Pan Pacific in the city. It is a <laughs> toilet of a hotel. Yeah. Rob gets into his room, opens the curtains, there's a wall. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's on the ground floor. What, like? You can't see <laughs> anything. The, the, the window looks into it. A, wall. a wall. Wow. Oh, Which is oh, like no. that, maybe 15 feet Jeez. over a roof, there's a wall, and you could see a sliver of light. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Gaz said his room was facing whatever road it's on in the city, and he got light from like 7.15 to 7.30 in the morning as it passed between the buildings. Mm, and I just, I'm just like, I don't know, that's just too hard. Yeah. You've got to be realistic about people coming in if that's the rules. Um, I yeah. hope those rules change though, you know, like mm. old matey McGowan's talking about next so year. Can you stream Origin on Twitch or is that illegal? That would be against the the point of playing Origin. Yeah, yeah. I've, I, I haven't done gigs. It's because you want to interact, right, well, as I, well? I don't want to interact at Origin. No, I mean on the Twitch. Yeah, on the Twitch, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So there is a lot of people that stream on Twitch that don't talk to their chat and I find that strange. I feel like you're missing the point. Yeah. Um, Why why are you doing it to an audience if you're not talking to them? Yeah. And, you know, doing a DJ set and actually speaking live to the people that are watching is fucking weird. Yeah. I've never done that before. Yeah. And if you did, it was some dude that would come up and try and rap in your ear. (laughs) Say, give us the mic. Mike Shane. I'm an MC. (laughs) I promise I'm good. Yeah. My, my mates say I'm sick. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm seeing it in a shed in Bowery yeah. all the time. It goes off, bro. And you know, he's got the little white spittle in the middle. Oh, oh yeah. Here's a guy, here's a guy. And I was yeah. like, that's what I used to think of talking to people in the club. And yeah. now I've got, you know, 60 countries are in there just gabbing away and I can either ignore them or I can engage in it. But yeah. Origin yeah. is just like, Classic yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the first big one I've done. Is that really? sold out? Hey, do you have some kind of social anxiety over that coming up? Because no. you're talking about bad for your mental health and you haven't been away from it all. What was the biggest challenge? And then coming to do a big, a massive live show, excitement, nervous. Yeah. Because you, like, you do everything like Now you're, making him, yeah, you now you're, now you're making him nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. I yeah. feel like, uh, so this is, it may sound odd, but there's those gigs – Walking on stage and doing that mm. is the only 
time in my life I've felt completely zen. Yeah, yeah, I feel like, you. I am where I'm supposed to be. This is what I've been put on this planet to do. Yeah. Thank fuck I found Pendulum yeah. and they needed a DJ who could do this because I never got nervous. I just yeah. walked out and it was like plugged in my headphones, looked up and I don't just play a set of like I'm going to play this, then I'm going to play this and I, I'm you know, pre-planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, everyone pre pre plans now. They know what songs are going to play, I, yeah. and I only know the first song. Yeah. I've never planned sets. It sounds very similar, and I'm not comparing myself to Pendulum. But when I do comedy, yeah, I'm on stage, and that's my happy place. Pulling, I feel yeah. completely. And then I've got my first joke, and yeah. I go. What's I used to go. I'm going to do this, this, and this, but then I'm just like, well, right, I'll we'll just see what happens. Feel I how think, the room's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what DJing was, and it got replaced very quickly by generations who are like, I want it to be perfect every time, but I want to hear someone fuck up. Mm. Yeah. I want to hear a bit that sucked yeah, and then yeah, the yeah. next one's sick. That's, a, yeah. that's, that's such the, a good, that's yeah, such a musician thing as well. Yeah. Like, like hearing mistakes, like well, hearing the real. So I've played a lot of gigs where things have gone wrong yep. and yeah. bad things have happened. And a prime example of that was I played at the Margaret River Masters down south and the lineup was me doing a DJ, doing DJ set and Ben Lee. Yeah, so right. So Ben Lee's Complete on before me, eh? wrong guy to book at an after party yeah. full of frothers. Yeah. He comes out with his guitar, he's yeah. handing flowers to the girls in the front row <laughs> and someone pegged him with a bottle from the <gasps> crowd and he dropped and it was like- I think I remember Dong! that. And uh, I've come out and, and tried to help him out and they're like, piss off. And I was like, get on the fucking, get back on there and, you know, don't let them win. Yeah. You know, stand up for yourself and fucking do your set. And he yeah. was just like carried off. He's got concussion. <laughs> so, so they start, they were chanting Pendulum through his set. Wow. And I kept putting my head out going, no, no. Yeah, Watch yeah, yeah. the Listen dude do first. his thing. Just the wrong guy. Listen to Pendulum. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I come out and I start playing, but very quickly I work out there's too much energy. Mm. People kept climbing onto the tent, the tent <laughs> sagging down. Stage managers like, there's someone on the tent, you've got to stop. If I had a pre-planned set of yeah. bangers, yeah. I would have made it way worse. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the fact I didn't know what I was going to play, I was like, I'll just play something nice. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, uh, and they the all mood. calmed down. Someone climbed down off the tent and they had a little, you know, let's have a dance. Let's let the chicks come to the front. Yeah. Fucking calm down, you man. You motherfuckers. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but, but like – Back to origin, like walking out on that stage, it's a mixed feeling of like, you know, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The blue balls are oh, yeah. magnificent. Yeah. They need to unleash. Yeah. And also it's like, finally, I get to do that again. Yeah. Who's playing with it? Is it you or is it all the boys? Just me. Here? The yeah. other boys aren't coming back. So I got a question from a fan real quick as well while we're on the topic should of we, you playing. Should, are we doing anything New Year's Eve, Delby? We should go. Uh, yeah. Because I'm, you messaged me the other day yeah. asking I mean, if we've got plans. It, we are older. And we are older. It, it, it it's a lot of young. early. It ends at one. Yeah, I don't that care is, about. I don't care about the. There's other. a lot of my ex students that, that, is, that go to oh, Origin. Shit, you're oh really? Yeah, but I'll be quitting. So it's like, no, no, I, don't, I don't care about the age thing because <laughs> yeah. I feel that um, music transcends it all. Well, overseas, I don't feel old going out. Mm. Whereas in Perth, I feel old as fuck. Yeah, but I'm like, I help build this shit, so you can deal. Yeah, but over there, if I was to go into Fabric or Ministry of Sound or any of the clubs in London in my 40s, it'd be like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here, I was at Metro's in Perth, and this guy comes up to me and he's like, bro. I hate to tell you this, I just heard these people, these kids behind you just said, I can't believe someone that old still goes to nightclubs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it hurts, eh? Oh, you little cock. It hurts, man. It's because all our mates are at home with the fucking kids. So yeah. I think Perth has this thing where you get to 25 and you're like, oh, I'm old now. Yeah. And then- I want to I want to build my house in mm. Piara Waters and yeah. fucking not go raving anymore. Yeah. Whereas in England, that's not a thing. Yeah. I, I was, when I had my first kid, I was 40. 
and all the dads were the same age. Yeah. And they were like, fuck having kids at 25. I was raving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a different culture. A, yeah. Um, it yeah. was just- I'm not going to let millennials tell me I can't go raving. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hope. That's <laughs> yeah. why I love Breakfast because that's the one that's all ages. Everyone just fucking- Well, that's the thing like Origin. I'd want to go, but more so just watch- Watch, watch the event, watch performances. The like if you say I'd love to go Mac watch James Mac Shane as well. Like, yeah, yeah fucking like it'd just be um, sick, man. Good. Good. He asked Blake King, so as a mate from high school, he's he's had his shout out, Blake. You'll be listening. Five, oh, minutes, Blake, yep. five minutes to fame for having the Richmond Tigers yes. tat triple all over. Yes, yeah, either that. that or everyone thinks he loves a Tiger King. So uh, <laughs> um, he said, uh, any plans for Ben Verse, your old MC, to come back for any live shows in the future, or has he moved on for good? Very fan based question. That one he yeah. frogs you guys. Uh, yeah, Ben Verse was a guy that was uh, our live MC and uh, MC'd for my DJ sets for probably a decade. Yeah, and it just got to a point where. Um, that was over, yep. and he moved on. I don't. If I'm being real and brutally honest about it, he didn't want to move on. Yeah, and we just reached a point where he, uh, the our live show was in a hiatus, uh, so I was the only one that was working with him. Yeah, and then I just started to fall out of love with having an MC accompanying my sets. Yeah, I would pick up the mic myself and say a couple of things, yeah, and cool. people react really positive to that. Um, and you know, from like I understand it from a fan perspective that you 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 probably. Um, because from what I know, I don't really know drum and bass, but oh. there's always an MC like, skibbity, skibbity, so, so I would like that to not be a thing. Yeah. But it's culturally so deeply ingrained that I'm the odd man out. Yeah, like, okay. There's, a, there's quite a few people who, if they've had success in the wider dance music world of EDM or dubstep or whatever, they kind of moved away from it. Mm -hmm. And um, I started to look at that and think, well, I've got no control over what he's saying. If um if I don't like what he's saying, tough shit. Yeah. But I'm a control freak. I I'm the one bringing the experience. I want it to be perfect. Yeah. So yeah. He, he's very well suited in a in an underground setting in a in a more um, purist drum and bass world. Yeah. But I can remember we did a gig together in uh, Buenos Aires and we were playing wow. to- How's that for a sentence, eh? <laughs> yeah. So I was homeless, trying to get a five cent cheeseburger. <laughs> anyway, I was doing a gig in Buenos Aires. <laughs> it gets better. Yes. Yeah, that gig was to 80,000 people. Unbelievable. Oh, so that's just one city in Buenos Aires. <laughs> so the lineup was W&W, &W, who are Dutch trans guys, me, and then Tiesto. Wow. Yeah, wow. I turn up while W&W &W are playing and W&W &W and Tiesto kind of play the same shit. Mm. Fluffy, uplifting trans. Mm. These- Fucking Argentinian dudes. <laughs> I, they're chanting Tiesto's name two hours before the cunt's there. <laughs> you and got I've, Ben Lead. <laughs> and I've, I've got to play after, I've got to play through the chant and they're chanting Tiesto's name while his countrymen are playing the same shit. Wow. So I said to our MC, don't even walk on stage. I hated myself for this, but I was like, they are going to hate you. <laughs> like if you go out there and go, yeah. they'd just be like, care? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hey, Dios mio. You know, like, who is this? Yeah. Who is this dude? Yeah. And, and I was like, that ship sailed for me of, of having to have that accompaniment. It's mm. like a safety blanket for drum and bass DJs. And I, I love MCs in the right capacity. And sometimes they do make the set. But sometimes for me, if I walk into a venue to see a DJ and he's the guy mixing mm. and it's his songs that he's playing mm – -hmm. Who's this other cunt? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I it's just find, the hype man, I, eh? Yeah, and the hype man might be in the small print on the flyer. Mm. And I'm like, your tunes are hype. Like, yeah. you don't need that. So I started to think differently about that. And, you know, there was a couple of gigs like that one where I was like, look, I don't need this. Right. And I, I said, I actually gave Ben a, like a two-year wind down and said, look, this is going to come to an end. Yeah. 
but you know doesn't have to be tomorrow. Yeah, yeah not I just abrupt, started yeah. to do a few gigs myself, and then I didn't start. I didn't travel with him because the cost of touring with two of us was heaps. Yeah. So unfortunately, no. I don't. That will. That ship has 110 percent sales. So Mac Shane, if you're listening, you're out of work. <laughs> <laughs> so the difference yeah, between Mac Shane, I think, the, the people that he plays those sets with, like when he plays with Garo from Florida, that yeah. makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I look at that and I think. I don't think Garo's going to be getting on the mic, standing on the on the decks. Yeah, yeah, he's not yeah. that guy. He's yeah. got his head down. He's in. He's in the in the moment, and he's got uh, Max Shane there, geeing people up. I I can do that. Yeah. I pick up the mic. The funny thing was, is if I if I'm abroad, like I might have lived in London for 17 years, but I don't think I sound very English. Nah. I'll pick up the mic in America. And be like, yeah, fucking guns, this fucking go off, and I have to like reel it in a little bit and be like, yo, you know, they, they don't. I just call the Americans bunch of cunts. Let's go. And I, don't I was like, get it. you can't do that. Yeah. So I'll be like, they probably don't even understand what's what's this bloke saying. So yeah, so why, why can't we dance, Stephen? <laughs> I, love, I love getting on the mic, and especially if I've had a few shandies, I'll yeah. be like. <laughs> and yeah, it's it is a very hard job to do skillfully. Um, kind of sad that there's so many shit MCs. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's so many amazing guys out there. Like I was actually talking about Dynamite MC. Yeah. If, you've, if you've crossed paths with him, no, no, yeah. Um, he was part of Ronnie Sizer's live band Represent. He's on countless records throughout the history of drum and bass. And I was like, that guy has been perfect since day one. Mm. Like I can date him back to 1997. And his records back then were perfect. He's a showman. His lyrics are perfect. He sings. He writes hip-hop albums. And he's got new songs out now that are perfect. Mm. That's what I look at. Like Dynamite, uh, Stamina, Cleveland Watkins, uh, Conrad, SP. There's, there's, there's a bunch of MCs in the, in the British culture. Like I really liked English hip hop when I first got over there. Yeah. And funnily enough, if anyone remembers there was a band called Task Force, uh, mm. Chester P, um, and you know that that British sort of hip hop that was my that was my shit. Yeah, Foreign Beggars, like yeah. English English hip hop, I love because I'd listen to those MCs and I was like, I want to know what they're saying. Yeah, and okay. telling a story. Yeah, Not talking about their shoes or their fucking jacket. Yeah, which yeah. Is drum and bass MCs just yeah. <laughs> go on about some mad shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Um, um, yeah, horses for courses. But yeah, Versa's a, a wicked mate. I haven't seen him for a minute. He lives in Spain now, so. Yeah. Uh, Living it up. That was I, a fucking long-winded answer to a yeah, very no, simple just, question. Yeah, no. I know you don't have uh, long because you're going to uh, scoot off soon, but uh, one thing I wanted to fucking specifically ask you, and you just sort of touched on it before playing in front of 80,000, but yeah. I was looking through, I went down my pendulum rabbit hole and some of the things you guys have done, like, Oh, Madison Square Garden for one is yeah. just fucking epic, but like Glastonbury, weird. mate. Oh, that's yeah, Mad uh, Glastonbury is a lot better than Madison Square Gardens, I'll tell you. Yeah. So, like, what what is it like? Glastonbury is like the the one that that's the um, that's almost like the pinnacle of like mm. the big stage. Yeah, I think. What's um, it like getting out on stage? At was Coachella around back then, or is that fresher? No, we, did, we did Coachella twice. Oh yeah, wow, we did Glastonbury twice as well. Sick. What year did you do Co uh, Coachella randomly? You Actually, we did Coachella three times. I did. Uh, I did the year the Rage Against the Machine reformed. Oh, so you just ejaculated. Fuck, I just <laughs> now I missed that by uh, I went a year think I think a year too early for that. Or so the year the Rage Against the Machine reformed, I was playing the set before they were due to start. Fuck, and I was playing in this like climbing frame, like a dome. Yes. in the in the middle of the uh, the arena. Yep. And a DJ called Adam Freeland was playing after me. And I was literally looking over my shoulder, like looking at my watch, looking over, like, fucking how much longer? <laughs> yeah, how long? Because I want to like, Let's get this I, cut off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is me. So yeah. I knew that as soon as my set finished was when Rage was due to start. Yeah. And uh, Adam Freeland turns up. He's like, all right, mate. And I was like, this is my last tune. And I put a record on, yeah. still playing vinyl, unplugged my headphones and ran off. Fuck. <laughs> 
I left the record there. Jesus. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. Oh, no, I do. Yeah, it was an Ed Rush Nopticle tune. I was like, I had to buy it again. I was like, fuck the record. See you later. I uh, think I know which uh, one you're talking about yeah. that you're at. And then the main stages are over to the other side. Yeah, so, so we, did, we did Coachella another couple of times. I did another DJ gig. And then we played in the Sahara tent after... After Holy Fuck and before Aphex Twin. Yeah, right. So that was that was sick. But Coachella um, is one of the hardest festivals to play because they they make it very difficult. Uh, you get very limited amount of passes to get all your crew in. Everything yeah. is everything's hard work. Yeah. And the first year that we played uh, Glastonbury was the year that they had the floods. Yeah, that looked horrible. <laughs> uh, I didn't even make it. So I'd landed in at Stansted Airport, rung the boys, and they said, don't come. So they were waiting through – Waist oh, deep mud, shit. holding Fuck. gear above their heads, trying to get to the stage. Ironically, so was all the patrons. And our drummer didn't leave for a week. Because he was flooded in. He had a camper van. He's like, fuck him, man. I'll just smoke some weed. Oh. <laughs> Go in the drum circle. And so he went up on the hill and sat there and blissed out and waited for his turn to get pulled out by a, by a tractor. Wow. So a tractor had to pull him out. There was so much mud, you couldn't get on site. The next time we played... Was a damn sight better. We yeah. played before Beyonce. Unreal. <laughs> On the pyramid stage, as the sun was coming down, people were letting off flares. Yeah, like flares. Yeah, uh, it was. That's because f- of the floods. But they were just a year later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we we played some crazy festivals in in England like that, like Download Festival, which Download, used, to be, yeah. used to be called Donington Park. So that was the Monsters of Rock. Yeah. And then these rave masqueraders are on there. Yeah. And uh, I remember. When the boys started up, I was standing at the sound desk because when we play live, I don't, I'm not on stage. And I was, I was watching all these metal heads going, what's this shit? <laughs> and you saw them standing there looking around at each other going, this isn't fucking Devil Driver. <laughs> I recognise drums. This isn't fucking Iron Maiden, bruv. <laughs> yeah. And they stood there and they're looking at us and then I saw that head started. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a little foot tap, yeah. a one foot tap, and then halfway through our fucking first song, these – Old school metalheads are just raving. They're just yeah. like, who's got a bag? <laughs> Fucking <metal." laughs> off they went. And they ran up the hill. Mm. Oh, that was a moment. I got Sick. goosebumps just thinking. I think Offspring played that day. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've played I've played some crazy gigs, man. Did, like Did you get to meet Beyonce? No, there's a few times. Is it just where, bump in, bump out sort of thing? So there's been people that have played gigs of that ilk, and I remember playing at Exit Festival in Serbia and Lauren Hill was playing. How's this fucking so, sentence, man? So we're in the backstage. <laughs> she's turned up two hours late. Yeah. There she's walking in with this fucking cloak on. You know, we're in the we're in a castle in Serbia. And there's these two guys <laughs> walking in front of her going, Don't look at her. Don't what? look at her. And so we're all like, <laughs> like bug eyeing at yeah. her. And yeah, that's the kind of vibe when those people get to those gigs. It's too big. Too big. But yeah. then there's been other people who have been massive who have really surprised me. Like I was in uh, Texas and in a fucking, f- I was like a rave in a in, on a farm. Yeah, right. And um, it was like these LA promoters that do these big gigs, but they'd done the, the Texas version of it. It was quite small and you know, it was in like a little foresty kind of vibe and chilling, grassroots kind of, bush doof kind of vibes. But yeah. I'm playing drum and bass and um, the guys who were playing before me are Ed Rush and Optical, these English drum and bass guys. And there's this chick dancing onto the stage, uh, on the stage and I was like, I was quite impressed to see an American chick that could dance to drum and bass properly. Because nice. they kind of can't. Yeah. She's doing, you know, Perth had a drum and bass dance and she's doing that dance. I was like, this chick's fucking sick. She's kind of hot as well. And so I'm watching Miley Cyrus. No, Paris Hilton. What? <laughs> what Paris Hilton. the fuck? So the promoter comes over and goes, have you met Paris? I was like, yeah, what up Paris? Nice to meet you. I was like, Wait, uh, what, just acting cool? No, no. Oh, just a call. random chick called Paris. Yeah. I was like, what up? What up, P? And I was like, hang on a sec. 
<laughs> and I look around and I'm like, where's her peeps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No security, no management, no oh. fucking no one. Cool. She's in a fucking farm in Texas. And I said to the promoter, his name's Pasquale. And I said, Pasquale, where's she staying? And he yeah. goes, points at a caravan. Yeah. He goes, she just comes out and hangs for the weekend when we do this one. Wow. Low key. That seems so opposite to the portrayal of what she's But like, that's oh. what um, Bambi said she did over at um, – Actually, you're right. Yeah, Bambi said Paris. Yeah, it was the, same. I think What's Burning the, I Man. Think Burning just Man. She just fucking I think, I think, up. I think the, the, the media Paris probably merged into that Paris. And, yeah. and the one I met was gone. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. for that fleeting moment, I met this 20-something chick raving out to drum and bass. Yeah, having cool. a great time. Yeah. Famous as fuck, rich as fuck, and just yeah. chilling. And, and there's been a few people I've met like that. But yeah, the, the Lauren Hill thing was terrible because she mm. fucked up that whole festival lineup. She wouldn't, she wouldn't arrive. She was super late. At, everything ran late. That sucks. But yeah, that was a sick day. I hung. I met Snoop Dogg that day. Sick. And I have, I have, I have one piece of advice yeah. that he imparted on me that I've tried to live my life by. Oh, what is it? So Smoke I'm, weed every day. No, well, the shoes the drizzle. I'm standing backstage with my. Uh, well, I'm still married to her, but I'm my not wife. I call yep. her. Yeah. Uh, it's me and Snoop Dogg, and he's wearing a Crips onesie. Yeah. So like a one piece. Yep. Blue fucking Crips thing. Yeah. I met him, we took a picture. I'm wearing a T-shirt from the band Sublime, which is from Long Beach. And he's like, yo, LBC. And I'm like, fucking hell, you reckon? <laughs> he and, and we're in a castle in Serbia, mind you. <laughs> Waiting for Lauren Hill to arrive. And yeah, we're just standing there. And I was like, well, I just met Smoot, Snoot. And he looks at me, he goes, all right, my man. He goes, be smooth. <laughs> <laughs> be smooth, my drizzle. Be smooth. And, and every time I get in, in a cab and, yeah. they're, and they're driving it like a fucking go-kart and, pound, and like, <laughs> I'm like my man, be smooth. Be smooth. <laughs> what do you mean? That's awesome. So that's a that's a life motto I've tried to since that day. Yeah, be smooth. Yeah, be smooth. Don't Fuck be. Fuck yeah. Don't be so, well, that's so we, random. Hanging with Snoop Dogg in a castle in Serbia. Well, yeah. that that <laughs> waiting for Lauren Hill. So that that festival, I closed the festival after Wu Tang. Unreal. I played the last set after Wu Tang, and that week. Uh, we went to every day because we stayed out there for a holiday. Met Robert Plant from Led Zepp, hung out with him. Oh my god! Met the Beastie Boys, hung out with them. Sick. And then Lauren Hill and then Wu Tang played uh, last. Yeah. And I had to follow them. There's fucking six hundred dudes on stage. It was so sick. Fuck. And that was. What was it? Great. Did you have the green room with them as well? No, everyone oh. had their own one. But it was uh, in an artist village, so yeah, you're cool. all they're all walking around, and I'm just sat there like I'm some idiot from Scarborough. Yeah. What's going on. That's so cool, man. Yeah. So there's there's things like that that happened. And I could actually fill uh, about 10 of your podcasts with yeah. those things. Oh, we'll do 10 episodes. I won't say I've forgotten them, but give me a trigger and I'll forget. Yeah, that, I love that when you just talk and go, oh, that reminds me. Just, fucking, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. real life is important. Like I'd pick my, I dropped my kids off at daycare this morning. I fucking, mm. yeah. you know, going through a separation. Like normal life shit. Yeah. It doesn't matter how big you are, who you are, how many records you sold. Yeah. Normal life shit rules. Yeah. Like that's important. Fame doesn't defeat yeah. everyday life. Well, yeah. a lot of people you know? do and they, and they let it fuck with them too much and they're like, I'm famous. I don't have to do school runs. Or yeah. I remember actually the MC we talked about, I opened an organic grocery store in London, which was like a beer, wine. We sold records. We sold food. Yeah. And beer, I remember beer him, and wine all. <laughs> I, I remember him saying to me, you're too famous to work behind the counter. What? I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. If you come from WA or Australia, maybe not Sydney, Sydney – they're different. Mm. If you come from <laughs> Australia, you you can't be that guy. Yeah, mm. you are humbled. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter who you are. Hundred percent. Because the Aussie, it's that's our stereotype yeah. too. And so that's how we left Perth 
to the world. So mm-hmm. we turn up. Yeah, it's fucking Snoop Dogg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got any weed? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So we had this different mindset about how you were as a person, mm. uh, as an artist, whereas the English and Americans, they put them on this pedestal. Yeah. And I offended so many people <laughs> with my just bush honesty of just turning up like this idiot. Yeah, yeah. But I felt like it was so much more real. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I do like it when people, you know, tell me I'm great, like everyone does. But I think at the end of the day, we're all we're all equal. Yeah. yeah. I just I just I'm good at DJing. You might be good at, you know. Well, that's how I feel about footy players. We put society put them on a pedestal but when you meet them they're just they're kids they're just kids yeah. they're actual like yeah, kids when yeah. I, when I, so where I live over near um, Mount Lully um, you see a bunch of them running around Yokai Park yeah. and I'm like fucking hell this dude looked like he's 12 yeah you stick him on the no, that's Bray, Bray that's Bray Nanzo. Nanzo. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a Dockers jumper or, or um, whatever and you're like he's a warrior yeah. and you've got all these old dudes like fucking screaming at him I'm like you're screaming at a kid that's just finished yeah. year 12 yeah, yeah. Mm. It's nuts, eh? That's one thing I missed about being back here was footy. I didn't oh, yeah. And this is – well, this, that's the pressures that, like, lead to stuff that happens to Ben Cousins yeah. who's, you know, basically a, he's a, a captain pedestal. at, like, 19 or fucking 20 or however fucking young he is. He's put on that sort of pedestal as a leader of the football club. Yeah. So young. Yeah, I met him uh, when he was in year 12 still. Yeah, I guess right. I'm one year older than him. Yeah, wow. And I was dating a girl from Penrose, mm-hmm. and I guess he was with all the Wesley crew, and I had this old Kingswood, and I remember driving him from one party to another in the back of my Kingswood. Yeah. From Applecross to South Perth, and he puked nearly the whole fucking way. <laughs> that, that's what you do when you run as well. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, that was a lot of pressure to deal with. Like, yeah. 100%. It's different than music pressure as well, because you can just, you know, sl- slink back into your studio until the next gig. Yeah. Those dudes can't go to the shop. So mm. I appreciate that. But one thing I did find about um, you talking about staying humble, my brief uh, introduction to anybody in the drum and bass scene in Perth via Mac Shane and our show and his birthday, mm. like everyone's fucking cool, man. Yeah. Like everyone's nice. Everyone's a good vibe. There's no animosity. There's no violence. Everybody's accepting well, and just super chill and super friendly. It yeah. is a niche thing to be involved in, but it's also – doesn't matter where you're from, how mm. old you are, how much money you make. We're, we're, we're never concerned with that. You've found these family via music. Yeah. And that's the only important thing. And it does get a little bit incestuous in the scene and yeah. people get a bit bitchy. But at the end of the day, you're all interested in something that mainstream culture here has fucking no idea about. MDMA. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a niche, you know. It was a hard style of music to get taken seriously. Yeah. We were room three. Yeah. Always. Until yeah. until the likes of Pendulum, Subfocus, Chasing Status came along and pushed us onto the main stage. Yeah. I used to say that music just gets fucked over. Yeah. Because I, promoters I used to, would yeah. do gigs here and they'd be <clears throat> in some corridor with a shit sound system, you know, stinking hot, no AC. I was like, that's the drum and bass room. Yeah. But that was why I was interested in it because that was an extension from punk rock. So grimy. So you were yeah. down at the Heidi or at the White Sands playing on the floor with no stage. And, and most people that are into cover bands or listening to commercial radio are yeah. like, what's that shit? Yeah. That's that weird punk stuff. And I was yeah. like, well, I was into the weird rave shit as well. And that, that was my family. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I didn't really know too much about drum and bass. I always thought it was just the same, like, same thing on repeat, you know? Yeah. And then I went to an Andy C gig. Oh, there you go. Um, and was really sober and I had a fucking best time of all. Yeah. It's just, it has an energy about it that no other dance music to yeah. me ever had. And, and that energy, I think the only thing I could ever, you know, kind of say it was similar to was the energy of punk. But 
times 10. Yeah. Well, this, like, I started getting into hard style a little bit just, yeah, to, go it, just to go and people watch and, ga- and gather and just yeah. Can just you do a hack? Out. Can you do the dance? No, I just do that. Practice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a hack. Yeah. But now that's I do it taking the piss, but right. then I start but having now that's fun. The, that's, like, the, that's the air shade dance. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. It is such a fucking energy though that style yeah. of music it gets just you going I can't even run listening to you guys anymore yeah. like, <laughs> you just start sprinting <laughs> like literally the other day I was meant to go I actually called up Whitey I was meant to go for a jog with Whitey and we were just going we to go for a brief jog he pulled out on me so I just chucked the headphones in yeah. <laughs> chucked on Pendulum and I went at like a fucking 4.15 pace <laughs> for like 7 or 8 k's and I was like <gasps> I fucking you many, idiot um, I wonder how many speeding fines we're responsible yeah. for <laughs> but, or assault uh, charges mate um, I, I know you got better go, wrap yeah. it up yeah. Bounce. Um, but mate, thanks so much for coming on. Um, yeah. Is there anything awesome. you want to plug? Nothing really. You yeah. Need to plug. If you're going to do a Twitch, Twitch gig yeah. after New Year's, um, well, I just think just just go on Twitch, look up DJs. Some of the shit that carries on on there is crazy. I watched yeah. Qbert the other day, and he took my stream, put it in his stream while I was DJing, unbeknownst to me, and started scratching over the top of me. Are Live. you cool with that, or is he making it, money off you? No, like, no, it was amazing. I was yeah. like, shit, this is like a global collaboration. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I play on there Tuesday, uh, Monday and Tuesday nights, and um, yeah, I mean, if you look up El Hornet online, fuck, you'll yeah. find me. I'm not I'm not about plugging shit. If you want to find it, you want to look right. up what someone from Pendulum's doing when they're not doing Pendulum stuff, yeah. that's what I'm doing. And right. Otherwise, we'll organise a gig in uh, Palace Arcade downstairs. Yes. yes. 99 problems, but a Twitch ain't one. <laughs> it'll be good. Yeah, be li- live streaming stuff like that, I think, um, is, is really good because – I can't be fucking going out that much. <laughs> I just lay in bed on my phone going, check that shit out. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, sick. Origin New Year's Eve is going to be the one. I'm really looking forward to that. And I hope to see uh, hope to see some crew down there. Hell yeah. Sick. Um, quick plug, anyone. Uh, me and Max Shane are doing Who's Rhyme at, on Tuesday at um, East Vic Park Royales. Is that so last, last, one last one for the year? Last um, publicly. Sick. So, cool. Royales. Love it. Yeah. i got nothing yeah. to plug because I don't do fuck all. All right. So that's it. Peace. Cheers, all man. Right. Cool. Welcome to Hard Yarns Podcast. I am fucking fat. (laughs) (laughs) Anything Chris White says, please (laughs) disregard it. 5D is actually a state of being. It's a unity consciousness. That was Hard Yarns with me, Frankie Rose. So I'm going to throw it over to your co-hosts. Daniel Jelby and Cameron Branch. I would do this and then I'd gong. (laughs) (laughs) Free in attendance for the millions listening at home. (laughs) Let's get hard. <laughs>